Hello everybody at anchor.fm forward slash gabsmacked. This is, of course, the simulcast Wednesday Wisdom. We have periscope.tv forward slash anautist, which is our gabsmacked channel. Our YouTube channel will be starting right now, and that'll be YouTube. Channel is called gabsmacked, believe it or not. What a surprise. <laughs> All right, everyone, let's begin. Hello, YouTubers. Welcome to our Wednesday Wisdom Simulcast on periscope.tv forward slash anortis and our podcast anchor.fm forward slash gavsmacked. Hello, fellow moderator Boss Briggs. We're all back. So let us get into our interesting topics today. We never know where they're going to go. And it was the one where the doctor pushed back on some of my views, which was great. I like when that happens. I walked in and said, I pay the price for my inefficiencies whilst not being rewarded for my efficiencies. I said it was an asymmetric consequence and he wanted to know what I meant specifically because he was not someone who was going to buy the asymmetry. I gave him a story. There was a time when I was about 18 or 19. I'm not live on YouTube. Sorry, it uploads afterwards because I, I edited a bit. Well, I just add an intro and an outro. That's about it. <laughs> That's my YouTube edits. Um, I pay the price for my inefficiency. All right, so I'll tell you a story. There was once a time that I was really proud of how far I could spit chewing gum. So I decided to show people, thank you very much, Sarah. I decided to show people how far I could spit chewing gum. And they were horrified at how far I could spit it. Well, that was what was happening in my head. What was happening in their head was that I was using as my yardstick the statue of Mary outside their church. And they found that horrendous. Now, I didn't realize that they would find that horrendous because this is one of the problems with high-functioning autism is that what you don't see is invisible to others. And <clears throat> it requires the brain to understand how something can be perceived to be of a different value to someone else if you don't see it as for anything but a yardstick in that particular situation. So in the autist's head, and this is a worse of a problem with someone who's high functioning because people expect them to know certain things that they don't because they don't have any obvious mental retardation that someone with low functioning autism would have like someone else in my family who's in an institution. And so in the autist brain, because of the lack of what we call theory of mind, or it's called mind blindness, which many of you now know about, it, that statue could have been anything to me. It could have been just a crack in the line. It could have been a blade of grass. It didn't actually matter. But the brain didn't see that that, in terms of the aggregate or societal aggregate, was deemed a boundary that was transgressed in terms of acceptable behavior. And I said to the doc, that I paid the price that a neurotypical would pay if they spat at it because there was an assumption of some sort of intent and I was considered to be a bad person. And he stopped me there and he said, you are conflating bad and inappropriate, bad person and inappropriate behavior. Those two overlap, but they are not 100% <clears throat> mutually inclusive I said to him that the consequence was asymmetric because now what they didn't see were the abilities that my brain had that other people's don't have. And I said to him that they don't see 
the things I can do that no one else can, but they do see the things I do do that look like nefarious acts because ascribed to them are understandings of society which do not exist in my brain unless they're taught. Okay? And this is a natural extrapolation effect that humans do either. So if we see a cab driver cut us off, we start to get a negative impression of all cab drivers. If we see a group of police officers go and use some McDonald's for free, we then assume that all police officers do that, right? It's a natural thing. We think, oh, look what the police did. So even though it has nothing to do with all police at all, it happened to be some people who took advantage of the fact that they were in uniform that could go and do that. It doesn't mean all do that or 10% or 5 We have no idea if it was 1%, 5%, 10%, 90%, you don't know. And it's the same thing with personality. When someone with high-functioning autism can walk and they eventually, like I did, learn to make the eye contact, learn to pause, learn to speak, learn to say how are you, learn to understand abstract terms like fun and enjoyment and um, I'm trying to think and love and do you want to have coffee and all of the connotations that uh, come with that and which one you have to select, which are extremely difficult algorithms that are running in the brain of a high-functioning autist. The problem is that they become invisible and so they are not rewarded for being able to blend into society successfully. They are seen as just being fine. So when they do make the mistake, they pay for that mistake quite heavily. When in fact they've transgressed the boundary without intending to do so, without even knowing the boundary existed. And I said, at what age did you learn? It was a learning process that began in general after age 25. And as I say to those, you are more than welcome to grab a book off me. And I will be talking about this in more detail at our sixth live autism speech happening next Tuesday, the 12th of February. It should be the 12th because multiples of seven are on a Thursday in February and March, unless it's a leap year. So it looks like this year, the 14th, Valentine should be on a Thursday. There you go. So I guess some people will be calling in sick on Friday. Next week, bosses will, of course, not be surprised. So Someone just asked me on Periscope, how do you know it wasn't a subconscious act? Correct, it's not a leap year. Correct, Tuesday 12th is USA, yes. Um, how do I know what was not a subconscious act? Sorry, fabulous faith. Uh, because of the delay, I forget what I was talking about when you asked the question. <laughs> uh, so uh, let me just pause YouTube and I'll answer that comment and then we'll get back to it. All right, we've paused YouTube. We're still on anchor.fm. Next talk. Next talk is Tuesday. Yes. Spitting gum at St. Mary. Ah, how do I know it wasn't subconscious? Ah. All right. So Fabulous Faith asked a great question. How do you know it wasn't uh, a subconscious act that you secretly wanted to spit at the Mary sign? I can tell you why, because that's a very good question. I have asked myself that question. And the reason I know it wasn't, at least to the degree that might be implied, I'm assuming there because of my views on religion, um, because the, I was shocked at the response of the people there that I was showing um, how far I could spit. And me being shocked at the inability to understand why they were horrified um, means that I did not expect that that would have any effect and could not even understand it even when I was confronted with their reaction. So... If it was secretly unconscious, even, even if there was some sort of secret animosity for some reason, 
and I was venting that animosity by spitting at that statue. Uh, did they bully me before? No, no, they were actually lovely people, but they don't talk to me because they honestly thought that I was doing something that I didn't mean to do. And this has happened hundreds of times in many, many different situations, and that's the other reason. So it's not just that I was shocked at their response and couldn't understand their response until years later. <laughs> what am I uh, it was also that uh, it's happened across many domains and so many different examples. Like once someone asked me, did you cut your hair? And I said, no, the barber did it. And they thought I was being a smartass, and I wasn't. I was just answering as you would, logically, without understanding the connotation. When someone says, did you cut your hair? It meant, um, did you have a haircut? So, you know, and, and I've, I can give hundreds of examples, but if you read the book, you'll see a lot of those. And if you want a signed copy from me, realspeakinghuman at gmail.com, and I will tell you how to do it. All righty, so the doc said to me that he would give me an analogy as to what he thought I was saying. Uh, actually, Boss Briggs just gave a better analogy, and then I'll give what the doc's analogy was. Boss Briggs said, it's like the blind man who's able to learn how to move around his environment, and he looks like he can see until the day he trips over a chair that's right in front of him. And people will naturally assume that not that the person was blind and that he was able to brilliantly learn how to see through some sort of advanced sonar, but was actually just pretending to fall over the thing and so therefore was a moron or a klutz or something like that. It's a normal human reaction. So that's a perfect example. Thank you, Boss Briggs. All right. So what the doc said was, in terms of the, what I was calling an asymmetric consequence, was this. He said, imagine that you are a brilliant driver and you never have any penalties, you obey all the laws, you're a great obedient driver, which are not the same thing, obedient and brilliant driver are not the same thing, but let's, let's just swap it with obedient. And then after 15 years of driving, one day you accidentally run a red light and it was like a, just a mistake type of thing and you get a fine. What the doc said was that all of the years of your obedience does not negate the fact that you transgressed what is deemed to be acceptable behavior. It's not acceptable to cross a red light. And I said, yes, I agree with you that there is a difference between one's own understanding and how that maps onto society's uh, acceptable boundaries. They're two different things. So the, 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 the more that you differ from the population mean, the more of a chance you're going to transgress a boundary in your own normal behavior in many cases. So someone who's not understood by society, of course, will be most of the time or many times treated unfairly depending on the, on the society. But that's a consequence of the society needing to function. It, it can't work on an individual basis. And so those who deviate too far from the mean, of course, suffer these type of consequences. But what he said was that they still, that driver still pays the fine. And I said to him, yes, but even though, sorry, they broke the law. Yes, they broke the law. But even though they broke it, there, is a, there are substantial mitigating factors in that case because that person is not someone who goes around and speeds and breaks the laws all the time. They did it by accident, and so therefore that will be factored into their penalty. And he said, correct. Okay, so we're on the same page. And I said, however, with the savantism, that's not factored in. So when I spat at that statue of Mary, there was no, there was no factoring in of the fact that, holy crap, this guy's so unusual that his brain did not even see that it would have this effect or that other people would be negatively affected or that he could have done this without understanding the consequences or implications or how people view these statues. And they also can't see that the disadvantages that that type of brain has, has in its place some advantages which no one else has. So for example, when I read the speech, 
at my uncle's funeral last week. About 150 people went over to my parents, which I've said before, and said, how the hell was Gabriel able to read like that? Because Arabic is not Lebanese, it's, a, it's another language. Lebanese is Aramaic with Arabic words. They're mutually unintelligible unless you have learnt both. And I read it even better than those who had studied Arabic uh, of the older generation who then migrated to Australia. And, with, and they asked, how many years did he study and at which university? Now, what they didn't know is that I haven't studied more than 15 hours and the rest I just read on my own. Okay. The, the, there is no way that the average human brain without understanding savantism would ever be able to even think that that was a possibility. And the doctor said, so therefore it's not asymmetric because you do have unrecognized abilities, but you also have an unrecognized context surrounding your disabilities. So both of them are invisible. And so it makes you look like you're a someone that you're not and you're misunderstood in that regard. In other words, when you do something wrong, the, the fact or, you know, that looks wrong, society does not factor in the fact that your brain is so different that its domain doesn't lie exactly in what society would expect of a neurotypical's understanding of boundaries. And I said to him, I agree with you, but it's asymmetric because when I do something amazing, or like what people consider to be amazing, like those who know my brain or what it can do, that is gone undetected because people then rationalize it by saying he must have studied Arabic for 10 years at some university and that's why he can speak like that. But then that is not, obviously because they don't understand that, then when I do something that seems unusual or even barbaric or, or unethical or something like that, then what will happen is they don't, they can't factor in the fact that, oh, he is that different and that explains why he would have transgressed that boundary. And it also explains that he didn't mean it in some sort of negative context. He actually didn't understand. And so I suffer on both sides, but I get penalized heavily on one side and I don't get rewarded on the other. So the net position is that I have a net on balance suffering for this whole disorder. So that was our argument backwards and forwards. And there was, there was some sort of resentment that was building up, obviously, in myself at why life you know, is, in, is, is made that way, etc., etc. Now, I'm just going to pause YouTube so I can answer some more chats, and then we'll get back to it. All righty. So what have we got here? First offense, momentary lapse of colorblindness. Hey, that's a good one. Hence, you are not what you see is what you get. What's this? Some Nawar Bufalban? I have no idea what that means. Nur Bufalban. I have no idea. Alrighty. So let's get back to the next part. Okay. Um, now, what the doctor says was actually what you missed out on, if he could reword it, was mirroring by society or members of society of the value that does lie within the gap-smacked autistic savant mind because of its inability to mirror that section. It's sort of like a mirror can reflect certain light, but not others, let's just say, like it might not reflect, I don't know, microwaves. It might, I don't know, but maybe electromagnetic radiation of different wavelengths won't all get reflected in a mirror. And what he said was, it's extra painful to you because 
the value that you have now discovered that you have is something that you now know society cannot see, and yet it sees the socially inappropriate acts only. So you just come across as socially inappropriate in a negative context as opposed to what you understand or what you know, what those close to you know. All right. Uh, and so what happens is that you, mi you miss out, and in your whole life since a child, you miss out on the feeling of value. So you actually feel as though you are of limited value to society. And I'm sure many people can relate to this if they, if they feel that they're misunderstood. And he said, because of that lack of feeling of value, um, it's extra sensitive for you that, for example, at the funeral, no one knew that you had only read Arabic for this long and was able to read like someone who studied for 10 years, blah, 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 or the same thing with your French or Italian or the mathematics or anything else that you've done. And what he said was that because you are misunderstood, you are penalized for that misunderstanding. And he says it happens both ways. You are penalized in that you are not rewarded for things that you are able to do that no one can see. And you are also penalized for people miscontextualizing your socially inappropriate behavior as somehow having some nefarious intent or even just any intent behind it. He says, so in that case, it's not asymmetric. It's actually symmetric. All right. Now, I said to him that I think the asymmetry, autism, is felt because the punishment comes after the perceived negative behavior. Okay. So in other words, when I read the Arabic speech... There was no reward for it, right? But the physical manifestation of the consequence only comes afterwards when I did something else and immediately after that thing. So, the, for example, at the end of that mass, I decided not to stand in that conga line for everyone to give me their condolences because there were people there that I just had n no interest in believing were genuine. And I also don't like hanging around people or crowds that much. So I decided to leave. And I was immediately punished for that because people, some people came and criticized me for not following the tradition. So because the criticism comes immediately after a socially inappropriate act, then it looks to me like I'm being punished. Chemical imbalance? Um, I might answer that in a sec. Uh, I, I, everything's combination of chemical, <laughs> epigenetics, etc. Um, but good question. The, 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 the adverse consequence came to me immediately in terms of a time connection immediately within time proximity of the socially inappropriate act and so the perceived asymmetry by myself is a time asymmetry okay and that means that when i do something amazing it's not seen until a lot later but if i do something socially inappropriate it's seen immediately and i'm criticized immediately and so there's a time proximity connected to the negative side and it can make you feel like life is unfair or life has transgressed you or people are against you. And I'm sure many people can sense that. And that's, the doc was explaining that that's an illusion. It's only because of time asymmetry. All right. So um, he then also picked up, he said, you are conflating good person and unacceptable behavior. He said, so the guy that was a really good driver or an obedient driver who runs that red light once still... Um, had his behavior transgress the bounds of acceptable social behavior. It does not mean that he or she is a bad person. And he said, you're mixing the two. He said, it is true that some people will think I'm exercising at the moment, hence why I'm bouncing around. He said, it is inevitable that some people will also think that you're a bad person, but not everybody. So it's not a direct consequence and you can't conflate the two as if they are interchangeably or interchangeable synonyms. You can't do that. So you, Gabriel, 
have to modify your language and say uh, and specify the difference between something that's socially unacceptable and being a bad person. They're two different things. All right. Okay. Now I said to him, okay, then look at it this way. Imagine that you have built your house at the edge of a suburb and in your backyard, right, travels in a bear because outside the back of your backyard, there's a forest where a bear lives, whatever. So the bear comes into your garden and destroys your garden. Now I said, imagine that if it wasn't a bear, imagine if it was a human. Would you not expect more of the human than the bear? And the answer is, he said, yes, that is correct. And he said, the problem is because you have high functioning autism, then it, in fact, in this particular case, especially in socially unacceptable cases, you are actually the bear, but in human form. And so people expect more of you, even though they actually should not be, because you are actually the bear in that situation. You lack that part of your brain to physically see what, what you're transgressing. And I said, yeah, and in fact, actually, it wasn't their backyard, it was the bear's front yard. So, you know, that sucks, because basically I'm living with people punishing me because they're the majority. And he goes, no, 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 no. He said, no. He goes, that's the wrong way to look at it, because that'll develop resentment. He said, what's going on is that the bear, number one, still suffers a consequence, because the bear cannot go into the garden, and we can't allow future bears to also come into that backyard, garden slash garden. So there's still a consequence, but we understand that it's a bear and it's not a human. He said, but the bear, right, in your analogy, the bear needs humans to function because we are a cooperative species. So even though you are in that particular case, not a human in human form, you still need humans to interact with. And so you have to actually understand them and they need to understand you. But the second part is the hard part because you will be misunderstood way more than the average person. But you have to make sure that in any case, whatever it is, legal or moral or family or friends, you have to make sure that you explain your differences to other people so that the misunderstandings decrease. And he said, actually, even if you don't have autism or, or high functioning autism or savantism and any other invisible disorders, people in general are still misunderstood by other people. And so they are still doing this, just not to the degree that you are doing this. So this is not completely something that only you have to do or a burden that only you have to carry. Honest Joe. Just brought me a bottle of water, which is awesome. All right. So he said, and, and this is it's a very good point that he brought up because... It means that, number one, you don't have to slip into resentment and think, why me? But number two, it's also in your control to actually help people become more aware of how you are, which also teaches you more about yourself. And he said, we all have to do that as humans all the time. I'm going to pause YouTube again before the next section, and I'll see what the questions were on Periscope. All right, let's go. So what else have we got here? Modify the self-talk. You're the bear in a human costume. That's not fair. That's right. And that's not fair to the bear. But welcome to Fairfield. I just joined. Explain it to me like I'm a four-year-old. Ah, okay. What I would say is four-year-olds are good with YouTube now. So jump onto YouTube at Gabsmacked and have a look at my autism playlist or my speaking human playlist. And that'll catch you right up to speed. And then come back here and it'll be awesome to have you, my good friend, Markles. Alrighty. Unless they have narc rage. <laughs> well, yes. So there is, of course, this is where my, this is the boundary of my talk is where narcissism begins. And, uh, 
I, don't, I, I, I refer people to Eva B, Eva underscore five times B, I think it is, if you look at her. And uh, she talks specifically about narcissism. And that's where, you know, a combination of genetics and allowing that resentment to fester without treating it can turn someone into that, which is very sad for the narcissist themselves. But I won't get into that topic here. Uh, that's something that she's a specialist on, which I recommend. Uh, one thing I will say is that someone with autism, so the phenotypic trait of the autist and the narcissist is actually identical when you first meet someone. So someone, a doctor who specializes in autism, one of the first things they have to do when they meet a patient, from my experience, with the many that I've dealt with and being on the board mm -hmm. of one of the autistic societies in New South Wales, when I say on the board, I'm an, I'm an advisor to the board. Um, what he said was that they first have to tell whether the person is autistic or a narcissist. And it's very hard to tell the difference at the surface, but actually deep down they're nothing alike. That's, that's the hilarious part. One of them has empathy, but doesn't understand how to recognize it. And, and one of them knows how to recognize it, but doesn't have it. So that's the, that's the narcissist. So anyway, that's not exactly correct, but it's roughly something like that. All right, so let's just get back to this. He said, okay, so getting back to the spitting at the statue. What the doc said was, he said, if you had low functioning autism, and you spat at the statue, you would have been doing exactly what you're doing now, but because it was low functioning, people would have seen it and then would have understood and not punished you as much as they did. He said, and unfortunately, that's the curse of high functioning autism, is that you still have control of the other faculties. Um, oh man. <laughs> yeah, yeah, small world. All right, so let's jump into the next section here. Um, all right. So, coming back to what he said, uh, there is a wish for you, and, he, and we're gonna, I'm, I'm saying you, but I'm going to differentiate you in a second. So, I'll just hide chats again, and I'll, and I'll get to this. Um, amazing. Amazing. You look so much like a cousin of mine. It's quite hilarious. Um, all righty. So, what, are, what have we got here? Um, all right. Okay, you, he said, there's a wish for you, and we'll get back to what you means, because it doesn't mean what it looks like it means at the moment, to be understood as highly capable and conflating that with me being a good person to offset being misunderstood and having conflated that with being a bad person growing up. All right, now what do we mean by you? All right, this is where the doc said, behind the, behind the adult, behind the adult lies a baby wishing to be adored for its existence. Okay. As a baby, you have to be narcissistic or, or display narcissistic temperaments or sorry, characteristics, because if you don't, you die. And that's a literal death as a baby. If you are not looked after 24 seven, you are not protected. You are not fed. You are not cleaned. You are not kept from harm. Uh, you are not uh, given touch for love and uh, et cetera, et cetera. You will literally die or a part of you will die, or you will be malnourished, or whatever it is. It's a biological necessity, but as an adult, it is not a biological necessity. It's nice, but you don't die, because you can clean yourself, you know, work, etc., etc., and make sure that you don't literally die. So it makes no difference to your survival as to whether or not those needs are met, as they were when you were a baby. However, however, and let's come back to the definition of you, the adult brain has a memory of a need from the past, which overtakes the present. All right. The adult brain has a memory of that need from the past, 
which overtakes the present. So the memory is there because the baby version of ourselves had that memory and for good reason. But that baby has now grown out of existence, but the memory remains. And without realizing that, then we trust that memory to think that somehow we need it today. And he said, you've got to remember that that's what your brain is doing. It's very similar to psychological transference. Okay. He said the way to solve that, number one, is recognize it. But number two, forming of new experiences that contradict the need in order to offset the memory of the need. So what he said is that you physically have to okay, set up new experiences where you have gone without needing what you think it is that you need in terms of those being wanted and recognized and valued and realize that you still survive and have enough memories of those that slowly but surely offset the past ones. So you can't remove the past ones that you balance it out and then you realize and create new neural pathways which are able to predict that even if you're not getting what you need, you will be okay. And he said, so it's upon you, okay, to explain who you are as the invisible person that you are or invisible bear that you are in human form. And the last thing that we said was that people often don't understand or misunderstand each other. This is an ordinary occurrence. So it's either don't understand or misunderstand. Okay. It's an ordinary occurrence in daily life. And so we must find a way via communication to optimize our transmission of meanings. All right. And people know this happens all the time. This is one of the reasons that politics is so screwed in the West, right? This is, and it's, this is not about politics at all. This is about humans not realizing that we are not communicating what we mean very well. We communicate what we say, but not what we mean. Thus, needs above all for us to show others what is in our minds and how what is in our minds differs from what's in theirs. And that, ladies and gentlemen, ends our Wednesday Wisdom. It was a pleasure to see you all. Don't forget to comment on YouTube and subscribe. I will now end the YouTube video and then we will go to Periscope and anchor.fm forward slash Gapsmack. Don't forget you can contact me at realspeakinghuman at gmail.com and I have books, uh, autographed books, which I have. I've got some leftovers so I can let you know what it is there and we'll talk in the future. Don't forget on YouTube to take life one smack at a time. Boom. All right. Now we stop YouTube and then that'll go here. We go on the YouTube. All right, so Anchor, everybody at Anchor, it was a pleasure to see you. And now I'm going to talk to our people at Periscope and answer their questions. And don't forget, until next time, to take life one smack at a time.